Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to today's day. I'm Dr. Susanna Alter. And my name is Dr. Benjamin Alter. And we're both naturopathic doctors who support individuals in reversing disease and reclaiming optimal health through whole food plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. So today we're answering the question, what does a healthy microbiome look like? Maybe you know, maybe you have some idea. Um, We'll share what we think, what we see. uh, But before we do, we've got some announcements uh, about some things going on at Alter Health. The first and most important thing at the forefront of our minds here is the upcoming Whole Food Plant-Based Challenge. This one is the energy upgrade. We're going to be talking all about the things and factors that go into producing energy, both, of course, nutritionally, but also things that can influence our energy levels as a pertains to other elements and factors of our lifestyle, which some of them are kind of common sense that we might be forgetting about, but some of them are probably hidden obstacles that maybe you haven't thought about before. Yes. So this challenge starts on June 7th and runs through June 12th. And it will be a live event happening here in our plant-based and stress-free group. To register, we'll include the link uh, in, in the notes after our live sure. session here. because should it's have kind put of it a, up already. It's a long URL, <laughs> but we're looking forward to it and we hope to see you all there. And this event is also being streamed to YouTube, but I think we're going to be doing an unlisted kind of video. So if you want to participate, register for the event because we're not just going to be throwing all this information out there. We want to contain, you know, have this kind of a closed experience, if you will. Um, So go on and register if you haven't already. And any other announcements before? Yeah, huge announcement. Oh, yeah. Big announcement for the Alter Health podcast. Alter Your Health, it's called. Alter Your Health Even though we don't call it that on the air. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is the Medicinal Monday kind of version of it. 
Yes. And do you want to make the announcement? Yes. yes. This week, we will be starting our Wisdom Wednesday episodes. So this is going to be a weekly episode like Medicinal Monday, except happens on Wednesday. And in these Wisdom Wednesdays, we're specifically going to be diving into the realm of mindset, exploring mind, thought, and consciousness, and how these three ingredients make up the human experience and how it helps us, you know, when we understand this stuff, it helps us to be more empowered in our life and uh, to not feel like we're at the whim of whatever external stressors are happening around us. 100%. And of course, we're going to be tying everything together as it pertains to your physical health, too, because we know that our mindset is a huge indicator, influencer of our experience of physiology and physical health and healing. So now on to talk about the gut bugs that that well i guess we we should define the microbiome because the microbiome is is literally like just all of the bacteria all of the viruses all of the fungi all of the you know life that lives in and on the human body which is as you probably know incredibly immense but in this conversation we're going to be talking about the gut microbiome and for the longest time the gut microbiome was really seen as like the microbiome of the colon which is the large intestine but it turns out our small intestine also has a microbiome the stomach even though it's such a harsh environment has its own microbiome our esophagus our mouth uh you know our our entire gut tube has a microbiome and maybe that's a good place to start. Like our gut is a tube and, you know, starting at the mouth, we put stuff in and then stuff comes out the other end, right? And that tube that goes through our mouth, our esophagus, our stomach, um, through the uh, lower esophageal sphincter or into the stomach, and then through this pyloric sphincter into the small intestine, then into the large intestine, the ascending, the transverse, the descending, colon, and of course, out the rectum and anus into the toilet in the healthy, well-formed, beautiful bowel movement, right? Um, so that gut tube is actually outside. It's not inside the body. It's outside. It's nature. Um, not that you aren't also nature, but it is like the natural world. And on that interface, on that surface that interfaces with the outside world, we are we are nature. We are lined with the same, maybe not all the same, but similar microorganisms that we find um, in the soil, on the trees, uh, in the air that we breathe, in the water that we drink, and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. A way to visualize this is that humans are essentially a big donut. We all have a hole running through us. Yeah. And it's what, like... 35 feet or something like that 40 feet i'm forgetting i'm forgetting the, it's a uh, it's a long tube it's a really and long tube. the small intestine which is called small is the largest part of our gut tube even though it's it's called small because it's more narrow or more the diameter is smaller than the large intestine anyway anyway into the magnificent realm of microbes that live in that gut tube yes Wait, so, so where are we going next? <laughs> well, I think we should answer the question, what does a healthy microbiome look like? And the, the answer that to that question is diverse. In one word, diverse. A healthy microbiome looks like a diverse microbiome, meaning that there are many different microbe types of microbe, many different species, many different populations that coexist in the gut. 
And this law of biodiversity is really um, apparent in all aspects of nature. When we look at the Amazon rainforest, we can measure the health of that ecosystem based on the level of biodiversity in the soil, in the water, in the of plants, of animals, and so on. And the same kind of law exists within our body. Biodiversity equals health. And of course, like people get scared of, oh, what, but what about this pathogen? But what about E. coli? But what about salmonella? What, but what about Giardia? These kind of frank pathogens that can wreak havoc if we don't have a, a resilient ecosystem to begin with. But if we do have a resilient ecosystem to begin with, if we do have a robust, diverse microbiome and a strong gut lining, which our microbiome helps us to preserve and maintain, um, then when we are encountering some sort of quote unquote pathogen, our, our, our gut is able to tolerate the effects better. And it kind of just worked its way out so effortlessly, so gracefully, because it's overcrowded, the pathogen, quote unquote, because whether or not true pathogens exist is, is in my perspective, up for debate. Um, but the pathogen doesn't really have anywhere to hold on to if, there, it's, if it's meeting a healthy, diverse population of gut bugs. Um, you know, it might cause some symptoms, right? But then it flushes itself out without any harm done. So... That's what a healthy microbiome looks like. Anything that you want to add, Dr. Seuss? Yes. Well, you know, I think it's fascinating when we look at the research. I mean, and it everyone always says, you know, oh, the realm of research and the microbiome is just at the very beginning. Yeah. But, you know, what what we have now to look at um, is, you know, really interesting studies that compare the microbiomes of individuals who eat, you know, kind of a, a standard regular diet that includes animal products versus a diet that is high in plant foods, whole food plant-based eaters. And what they find is that the whole food plant-based eaters, those who eat more plant well, foods. Let me guess have greater diversity of microbes in their gut. Yeah. So, you know, on a really basic, simple level here, it's like, how do we increase that biodiversity? Well, we eat more plants. Yeah. We eat more plants because the way to increase biodiversity in the gut is to feed the bugs the fuel that they need to thrive and proliferate. Mm -hmm. And their favorite fuel is fiber. You probably knew that. You've probably heard the term fiber. You've probably been told to eat your fiber supplement. Hopefully not a fiber supplement, because if you're following a whole food plant-based diet and eating enough, you're, you're, you're intaking plenty of fiber to fuel and nourish the gut bugs. Uh, but before we talk about prebiotics, fiber, I thought maybe we could talk about probiotics, even though the prebiotics feed the probiotics. But when we're talking about microbiome, it's hard to have the conversation without talking about probiotics, which a lot of people envision coming in the form of a capsule that you keep in the refrigerator or something like that, or maybe in the form of sauerkraut or kombucha or um, pickles or other fermented foods. Uh, but the fact of the matter is these quote-unquote probiotic bacteria, otherwise often referred to as beneficial bacteria, already are abundant 
and proliferative in your digestive tract in the really in the exact proportions and ratios that best suit you based on your moment to moment ever shifting environment of your digestive system. And really, if the, the seeds, so to speak, already there, then all we got to do, like you were saying, Dr. Susanna, is put in the ingredients, put in the fuel that is going to feed the probiotics that already exist. And a lot of people, you know, go to the naturopathic doctor, go to the functional medicine doctor, maybe get some, you know, advertisement slapped into their face buy this probiotic because your gut is probably deficient in these strains of bacteria. And if you swallow this capsule, you'll have 45 billion colony forming units, and that's going to make your gut healthier and more robust. But the fact of the matter is we don't really know for sure because every capsule of, um, well, not every capsule, you know, there's many different brands, right? But, but in, in the capsule, in the bottle, or in the fermented food, it's kind of a select few different microbes that they shove in there. And then you swallow with the hope that it's repopulates the gut. Um, but the fact of the matter is, we don't know what your unique individual gut needs to optimize, because even though each human being is so incredibly much the same in terms of like 99.9% .9 of our genetics being the same, our the genetics of our microbiome, or in other words, the, the actual, you know, population of bugs that live within our gut are very much unique and different, depending once again on our ecosystem and environment that we have and we're living in. Yeah. And let's just say, let's just say that, you know, when we do swallow these capsules or we do eat the kimchi, which we love kimchi, by the yeah. way, we think it tastes great. But, you know, if, if we're relying on it for a, for a probiotic supplement, let's say that these these beneficial bacteria do get through the harsh environment of the stomach down into the intestines and do populate the gut. We still, we still aren't really optimizing overall biodiversity yeah. because we're continuing to put the same few strains mm -hmm. in and in and in over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not, we're not going for, you know, a bigger amount of this specific strain of lactobacillus. You know, that's not what we're looking for, for overall gut health. Once again, we're looking at, you know, a great amount of different types, not a great amount of one or two beneficial bacteria in the gut. Yeah. So the question comes up, what about after a course of antibiotics, right? That wipe out or disseminate some aspect of our gut microbiome. And it's important to know that even after a year of harsh broad spectrum antibiotics, you still have a microbiome. You still have gut bugs that are proliferative in your gut. If you didn't, you would literally be dead. Um, ster a sterile microbiome or a absence of a microbiome is inconsistent with life. So a lot of people think, oh, well, if, if it's wiped out, maybe I should swallow some capsules, swallow some gut, some bugs to kind of help the, the, um, the resurgence of a healthy microbiome. But the, the research on this topic is quite contrary to that. Do you want to talk about that 
paper that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really awesome paper that compared this in two different groups. Um, both had just taken a course of antibiotics. One group was given probiotics. The other group wasn't. They just went on living their life. And it turns out that the group that wasn't given the probiotics actually recovered healthy or healthy populations mm. of uh, you know those beneficial bacteria. Uh, more quickly without the help of the probiotics. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because the the seeds, so to speak, the, the bugs are already in there. And all we got to do is feed them, which really leads us to talk about the most important thing when it comes to optimizing and diversifying your microbiome, which is optimizing and diversifying the plants that you feed it or the fiber sources that you feed your microbiome. And yes, prebiotics feed the postbiotic or probiotics. We'll talk about postbiotics if we got time at the end. Mm -hmm. But prebiotics feed the probiotics, or fiber feeds the gut microbiome. Uh, but it's important to know that there are really endless amounts of of types of fiber that are packed into and packaged in those plants that we consume. Yeah. So if we're just eating broccoli and black beans and uh, white rice every single day, broccoli, black, be black beans, white rice, bro broccoli, black beans, brown, <laughs> white rice. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> but if we're just doing that every single day, sure, it's a good nutrient-dense, whole food, plant-based diet. You know, it's kind of good staple foods, but it's really kind of slim in the types of fiber. And we might have like, you know, 50, 60, 70 grams of fiber, which is great. We're getting there, right? Uh, but in terms of the broad, the spectrum of types of fiber, types of prebiotics, we're kind of um, deplete. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so we've got a question here from a new member in the group. Hey there, new member. What foods to eat for gut health for a healthy microbiome? So really the message yeah. is Plants. plant foods, but <laughs> diversify. Yeah. plant foods. And, you know, if there are some plant foods that maybe we're a little sensitive to, that is an indicator that we don't yet have the big population of the specific type of bacteria that breaks down that specific fiber. So I saw this actually in a case last week. Um, someone was saying, you know, I, I, you know, when I shifted to whole food plant-based eating, I just couldn't do the smoothies. It would just upset my stomach so much. And I asked her, well, had you been eating much fruit? up until that point. And she said, you know, I really haven't had much fruit, you know, at all before that point. And so, you know, for these cases, we'd want to actually ease into yeah. the foods that we're sensitive to. Don't avoid them forever because no. eventually we want to grow back those populations that break down those foods, yeah. but go low and slow, as Dr. Bolsfrit says, mm. um, you know, really ease into those foods slowly as those beneficial bacteria that are specific to that specific fiber will start to uh, repopulate. Yeah, we we had a, we have another episode about mm -hmm. re reversing food intolerances. Yes, um, and it all comes down to the health and diversity of the microbiome, as we pointed out in that episode. But we're diving deeper to talk about really what a healthy microbiome looks like and how to do that. Um, so yes, diversity of plant fibers, mix it up, eat the rainbow. And I, I love the idea of, um, you know, like joining a CSA 
or getting a box of uh, misfits or imperfect produce or some sort of delivered box of stuff. Because oftentimes you're sent stuff that like you wouldn't otherwise buy at the grocery store, right? And you're like, oh, rutabaga, like how do I, you know, you find a recipe for a rutabaga. Well, chances are a rutabaga is gonna, if, if you don't eat a lot of rutabaga, it's gonna be a good kind of stretch to diversify further your unique microbiome. Yeah. And this goes also for beans and grains. It's yeah. like, you know, if you're used to eating garbanzo beans, then try adzuki beans or lima beans or what's another exotic Cantal- bean? We Butter like beans. <laughs> yeah. Try the black rice, the mahogany rice, the couscous, the millet, the amaranth. All couscous the- is a process. Oh, no, no, no. Not couscous. I meant quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. A lot of people think, oh, couscous, an intact whole grain. No, no I don't no. want couscous. It's a fraud. It's fine. You know, it's okay. It's a yellow light food. Um, but also on this list of, you know, what foods to focus on for a healthy microbiome, you'll notice that, you know, we're not talking about the animal products as being a healthy ingredient for a healthy microbiome. Because actually, usually what animal products offer to the microbiome might actually be some pathogenic organisms that we actually don't want to be populating our gut and zero fiber you know fiber is not found in animal planet planets animal planets (laughs) animal products fiber is found in plants and plants only so prebiotic slash fiber feeds or fuels probiotics slash your microbiome which actually comes back to serve you because yes, we know how important a healthy microbiome is for all aspects of our health. Um, you know, I guess we kind of just completely <laughs> flew over that fact that yes, a diverse micro, micro microbiome is really tightly connected with all aspects of health from healthy weight management to blood sugar regulation to mental health and mood regulation. Um, to inflammatory pathways and cancer and um, all sorts of things are connected with the health and diversity of a microbiome. And really one of the reasons why that is, is because a healthy microbiome actually serves us by creating uh, what are called short chain fatty acids, otherwise known as postbiotics. And the probiotics create the postbiotics or short chain fatty acids. And these are things like butyrate, or propionate or acetate. And again, some people opt to swallow these compounds in a capsule as a supplement, but your healthy microbiome creates these things, which are really potent anti-inflammatory compounds, really protective when it comes to our digestive tract, fueling and nourishing the colon specifically, Um, really important in the uh, prevention and reversal of inflammatory bowel disease like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, as well as um, gastric and uh, digestive tract cancers and, and colon cancer and that sort of thing. So prebiotics fuel or feed probiotics, which create postbiotics, which keep us healthy on really all aspects of our our physiology. Yes. So I realize we won't be able to dive into all the different nooks and crannies in the conversation of optimizing microbiome. But well, one thing, it. one thing, no, one thing I wanted to talk about is also um, you know, doing our best to stay away from herbicides and pesticides that may be sprayed on conventionally uh, grown food and produce. I, I'm glad that you brought that up. How could I have almost forgotten? Like that's a huge thing because yeah, if you're eating a lot of diverse prebiotic fibers, but 
they're contaminated with herbicides or pesticides, which are antibiotic, anti-life, killing the life in our gut. We're going to be feeding the microbes, but then we're killing them. It doesn't lead to a robust, resilient microbiome. Yes. Yeah. So you just said it right there. Herbicides and pesticides, especially the number one most yeah. used, which is glyphosate found in Roundup, um, is an antibiotic. So this is actually one of the biggest contributors to, you know, all the chronic gut issues that are happening now. Yeah. Um, as glyphosate use has gone up in our country, so too has gluten intolerance, celiac disease, mm -hmm. IBS, I could go on. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so this is why it's very important to focus on organic foods as much as we can. And a lot of people have the question like, how can I um, prevent the adverse effects from maybe having some herbicide or pesticide slip into my diet from time to time? Because let's face it, none of us are perfect. Suzanne and I, we do not eat 100% organic because we go out and sometimes, even though it's very seldom that we do go out, sometimes we're not going to be at an, a purely organic restaurant, right? I just had some corn chips and salsa at a at a Mexican restaurant. I don't know. GMO corn? It might have been. It might have been. But I wasn't <laughs> over overthinking it. I wasn't stressing it. And the reason why is because your resilient microbiome also helps to preserve an intact and resilient gut lining, which actually allows for all of the potential harsh chemicals and um, things that would otherwise leak into our um, bloodstream and cause an immunological reaction and systemic inflammation and toxicity and that sort of thing. These sort of things are more likely to just be shuttled through our digestive tract and flushed down the toilet. Um, so that's another way that your microbiome really does serve you. It keeps you healthy and resilient against these potential harsh insults that slip into our mouth from time to time. Yes, definitely. They create that that protective biofilm and all the anti-inflammatory compounds. Yeah, yeah. I just um, wanted to point that out because it's a it's a cool visual to actually visualize the microbiome creating this film, this protective yeah. film in your intestines. That's how it keep. That's how it maintains that resilience of the gut lining. Yes. Um. So, I guess that's it. I guess that's uh, about the the a wrap in terms of this conversation of the gut microbiome. Obviously, we're kind of scratching the surface here, but I really think it's important to keep things simple. And over, you know, sometimes there's reason to dive deep and dissect, um, but really, it's as easy as diversifying the fiber and and plants on your plate in order to diversify, diversify the microbiome in your gut, and then your gut microbiome is going to serve you in return. Yes. So just a reminder before we wrap up here, Whole Food Plant-Based Challenge, the energy upgrade is starting a week from today in the plant-based and stress-free Facebook group. If you're listening to the podcast somewhere, this is an invitation to come on into that Facebook group. And um, yes, it's an awesome community. And this time around, we're also hosting the Whole Food Plant-Based Challenge on YouTube in unlisted videos. So be sure to register if you don't want to hang out on Facebook, there's still ways to participate and engage in this challenge. Yes. And we hope you come back on Wednesday and join us for Wisdom Wednesday. That's we will right. be live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Pacific for our first 
Wisdom Wednesday episode. Uh, so we hope to see you there. All right. Peace and love you guys. We'll see you guys next time. Bye for now.